Peace. This is the Ash Your Old Head Podcast with Justice Raji. Going home is a a process for me. For those that maybe don't live in close proximity to where you started out in the world or where your family started out in the world, uh, you may understand this in the way that I'm starting uh, today's meditation or thought or what have you. So whenever I go home, uh, home for me is New Jersey, uh, specifically Willenboro and Trenton. Probably more Willenboro than Trenton because that's where you know, my physicals are. Um, and, and then but Trenton was where I was born. So whenever I go home, I have a, there's a couple of touchstones I do since I live you know, basically 3,000 miles away from there. Uh, you know, I go home, I, I, you know, get off the plane or drive and drive, whatever have you, you know, get with my mom, go to, I usually stay, you know, in the home I grew up with, <laughs> grew up in with my mother, uh, my brother and my nephew and see them. Um, but within 24 hours of going home, I go see my grandfather and then I go to where my father, my physical father, my father is buried and just go to his grave and and be there for a time and then you know move on now this is a, a part of my my ritual my process something that i do as a as a reminder of a couple factors uh, a couple things about my own life one my grandfather uh is for whom for who he is uh is one of my touchstone anchors around you know how to be a man in terms of you know a living example and someone who was present for me especially after my father passed for me and my brother um, and in not so much always an explicit instruction around you know what kind of man to be and, and what things to hold fast to but in his practice uh, and in his treatment of us from the care uh, he would provide at times when my mother, if I was sick, really, really sick, or me and my brother was really, really sick, and we couldn't stay home, especially when we were under the age where we could stay home, or if we had, you know, when you had one of them super duper fevers, and it ain't really safe to leave you alone, you know, since he was retired or semi-retired most of that time, she could drop us there, we'd be in the house, she'd you know, go to, go to work, and then scoop us up on the way back and oddly enough he lived in close proximity to where she worked you know in Trenton so it was one of those dynamics of our life growing up that worked out well uh, whether by planning or by you know happenstance Um, and you know he's up there in the physical degrees now uh, in his 90s and it it means something to me to prioritize him as I've become, you know, a father and and a and a partner and, and a, you know all the things that a, a fully functional adult man, as I see it, should be doing, <laughs> I've, you know, as I have I've become that person uh, that I imagined him to be when my mother was, you know, eighteen, nineteen, similar age to my kids, and so I 
within 24 hours without fail. Um, usually the morning of the next day that I get in town, sometimes the same day that I get in town, if I get in on like a red eye or something. I get up, go chill with him for a few hours. You know, not just, you know, I don't know if you engage with, you know, with your elderly family members, but, you know, they still have their sense of agency and, and may, depending on their attitude and their, you know, attitude may not be the word, but their disposition, they may not really be into having guests all day. Uh, however, it does, you know, mean something for them to see you. And I think it means something to go and make and be real intentional about being seen, about being present. So I make that move. We sit, you know, we talk, he may, you know, he watches shows. He might, you know, you never know what he might start adding on about or might share. Uh, him and my mother will have some back and forth with some, some banter around things that are going on, uh, you know, either with his health or uh, with other stuff around the house, whatever. But, um, and then I go, like I said, either before proceeding or after I go to where my father is buried and just have a moment there. Now, I am... Um, if you know anything about my value system, I'm in the absence of a some other clear touchstone because as a marker, because I feel it's really important sometimes to have a physical uh, representation of the act of remembrance. Um, not just having sort of the like, well, you know, I can sit and meditate. I can just sit and think about them. But sometimes going to the place where you know that person walked or the last place, you know, knowing, you know, the importance. And it's a very old importance in many cultures of where your people's bones were buried. Um, and it's one of the things I think that is most painful at times um, about the, the black experience in this land um, and probably a similar experience for any people who have been displaced uh, for whatever reasons is having even a, a having some knowledge of where your where the bones of your people are you know where they were where they were last laid to rest or where they were buried if you know if you deal with other sciences from cremation to what have you where they was cremated and their ashes were spread and being able to know uh the closing of that chapter so i go make sure his, his stone is clean uh and just be there. Think about him. Think about what I remember of him. Think about what I understood him to be based on how I was raised. And then and then I go and you know do whatever the things I'm doing while I'm I'm back in the lands. If that's you know helping my mom, and my brother with some stuff, doing something with my nephew. If that's a mix of that and catching up with people, uh, it's important to me. It's a part of how I manage uh, keeping those relationships as healthy as they can with the strain of distance uh also though in the light of things that change and, and the grief which is really i guess the focus of to what i want to build on day that is associated with loss and change with movement in life um, with the directions that we go you know to live is to die everything that lives will have an end to its time no one escapes no one exits this without exiting, right? That is not a a circumstance that we all respond to equally or the same, in, in, in the same style. And a lot of things happen when people are dealing with grief and loss. 
and I thought it was poignant in the light of you know the very recent public event of the death of uh, Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna and the uh, Atabelli family. I hope I, I got to work on the pronunciation there. Um, and the pilot and the other family that was also on the plane who unfortunately I don't have the, the name right in front of me at the moment uh, as I'm recording this. And as all this was happening, you know, from my the vantage point, the perspective that I sit as one who thinks about these things in the state of us, I started watching to see, to try to be present for those who were local and close to me and how they responded. And, you know, and in, and in the moment of that loss, I was, I had, you know, real like feelings of just like, man, that's, that's, this is a sad thing. Uh, you know, sidecar to that, uh, or adjacent to that, was also knowing that, and as someone who lost their father at a very young age, I've had the the time and the protracted time to evaluate and think about what that loss meant to me and how it impacts my life. So when other so my general response to, to death especially um, is not, I have, a, I have a peace with it. Um, now when in, the, in my times, you know, there are obviously circumstances and other losses that I imagine I would not manage as well. But generally, I'm able to stay mostly in a re receptive or reflective space when I hear about someone passing, even family uh, that's close to me, or friends, or someone that is, you know, close to someone close to me, right? So they're meaningful to them, and I try to be, and, and, and to figure out what is the the best place I can be in relationship to them as they manage and they go through their stages of, 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 of dealing with that change. There's a physical impact on the human body when we experience grief. Um, there are things that happen to us as we're in a state of grief that as the as a, you know, the, this passing on the public level occurred, watching how people responded, seeing how people responded and trying to be in a place of support. Also knowing that some things that are going to be said the same way as when someone in your family passes, things are going to come out. Things are going to be done. People are going to say stuff. Some of the stuff may be totally appropriate. Some of it will not be. Some of it will be painful. Things that have gone on or happened in your family will bubble out. Family members will do things. People adjacent will say things. And it's all to be expected. It is not for everyone to respond to those things the same but 
I, I'm a big on the idea that if you know, you have the awareness that these things could be coming to hopefully have the the capacity to give people grace in a moment or to have the resources and the people around you that someone can step in and and you know maybe intervene or give those who are in different states of uh, of loss experiencing their loss the space to process without having to deal with something that um, may be important right or maybe the unfortunate moment to to air something that has been a long time grievance now uh i wanted to talk specifically about the effects on the body for a moment um some headaches to um, a dry mouth stomach pain nausea loss of appetite fatigue um, and two very serious ones shortness of breath and chest pain now there is an actual effect that can have happen to the body that's basically like a low-grade heart attack when someone finds about about a loss and it can lead you know basically where someone is will have a you know a heart attack you know it's it's a real thing like heartbreak is a real thing that you can be so struck by loss in a moment of grief that it can lead you know to the net to another to your own demise or another person's demise that's why it's very important when you know when we those old things we would say you know where somebody would pass and family would go over to their house or friends or community members would go over to their house you know like the the neighbor down the street, you know, baby would pass and, you know, some people would just go stay in the house with Mr. Ms. Johnson or Mr. Williams or uh, Mr. David or, you know, whatever. You know, I don't know. These are random names, but saying that someone would go and try to be present physically with them, right, with no specific intention you know, or a specific thing that they wanted, but to be there and to be physically in the room with them as they... So they were not alone for long. Uh, and some folks may have thought, you know, you may think, well, you, you know, you're looking for suicide. I think, nah, I mean, maybe, right? But that's a different thing. It's really just a thing of people being present so that if you are having, uh, if you if you are starting to have, if something starts happening and you need attention, that someone is close to come and give it to you. It's a real thing. Now then there comes a time where people you know may send folks away or we we feel the book's closed, but you know grief can last, and folks from certain losses may not uh, ever in a sense become the person they were before that loss so as this was playing out, and I knew specifically this circling back to the loss of uh, Kobe and his daughter, and particularly centering here on Kobe, uh, that matters and issues that in some way are unresolved or less than uh, specifically the rape allegations, there would be a moment when this would surface or be brought into conversations. And I could, and I almost wanted to set my clock to the amount of time it would come 
with when folks would say it's not a good time or it is a good time or this is the time or that and what have you and all of the back and forth and who who would get castigated for bringing it up who wouldn't get castigated for bringing it up who would uh try not to just you know ringing out from those who knew the person personally to those who knew them as a public figure who they may have assigned certain value to based on who their experience that they would it would be I knew that there would be challenges uh my study of us as humans is was pretty sound in that there would be challenges and the loop was where meaning where that would start and where those matters would start to close was what I was not sure of. Would it go fast? Would it come up and be done quick? Uh, would it be long and protracted and stretch on for weeks and months, which, you know, my will was that it would not, that it would be something that would happen because I knew it had to happen. And then uh, people would move on and let the families and those that most closely affected just be in their in their space away from the public eye which is what I'm I'm I feel at this time is what has happened and and I'm thankful for that and you know now there may be people who are you know redredging or pulling this up and going back through and maybe I am in some event by even talking about it at this point but I hope that uh I hope that I'm not adding to anyone's sorrow by discussing this topic and specifically in relationship to the concept of grief and loss. The sparking incident, you know, originally I had thought I wanted to like go deep into the matter and ask people questions and I still got them questions and maybe I'll come back to it. But the thing I will say to you, all of us is always in these things. If you can go when something pops up in your information stream, whether that's in the internet and in life or in real life in real time, if somebody gives you a clip of information that you, even if it touches that nerve that sends you into a high heightened state of activity and excitement and anger or pain that you let that wash over you and remember the idea of let me get more information before I go too far off. Let me either look at the whole scope. Let me take some time to contemplate what's happening here before I jump off, you know, bridge in terms of the the depth of a of that particular emotion. And pardon me that may be a a poor uh analogy in terms of the jumping off bridge piece. But um as I say, you know, before you jump in the pool, maybe it's better. And decide to dive in and swim deep in in, in whatever particular response you're having to this piece of information or something you saw someone said that you go could whatever is occurring with them be a, 
a symptom and reflective of how they're trying to manage grief? Could what I've heard and even the way this person or this, you know, if it's a person to person thing, um, you know, could what they're saying be the way they're trying to manage making meaning, making reconciling the change in roles and change in dynamics and change in the life as they see it based on this information. And therefore, if I, if I know that that's a part of what happens when things change, especially when things change abruptly, then maybe I should not take myself too far out of my own nature, at least and especially in, 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 the, in the sense of spreading something that may go further afoul due to my moment of expression and my moment of feeling. That's my only ask. I think everything else uh, teases itself out. Another step or the final thing I'll say on this as I close this this short episode or piece is um, things that are said, things that are done, things that happen when folks are dealing with grief are not uh, not always how people will feel when they've had more time to get space between the event or the, and, the, and the circumstance. And I would ask you to consider as a part of your mapping of how you deal with any form of loss, even a loss of face, of embarrassment, of or perceived embarrassment, of um, moments of anger, of things that may have been said flippantly or in a moment of, 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 of tension. And look to the long arc of life with people that if we are to stay together and build actual community, and I think it's, as all things with humans, some of our self-definition is also exists in how we define ourselves in in concert with other people and in our concepts and our construct of what a community is or what our community is. And there's nothing to me healthy about any person that sees themselves and their own redemptive or their value or their sense of self only um, or at the expense of being in community or that they can't be themselves if they also have to be a part of the body, a part of the the unified whole. Now we have choice and definition within that as I see it. But if we are not... Uh, I am, I should better say, committed to the idea that if who I see myself as, who I've worked to define myself to as what I've worked to be, if that seems to not be able to function in any form of community and in partnership with other people in any healthy way, and what I do doesn't also in some way maybe protect or help or serve that body even if I can't interact with it in the same way then there's something I need to change about me and it's not about the community or not about other people 
So, yeah. The only other thing I would say is sometimes going home is hard. When people go home, it's hard. When we lose people that we care about and that are part of our lives, it's hard. So all my, my love and respect to those that are managing that uh, from the very personal to the extended. With one more thought before I go, I want to say peace to my good brother Majestic and my man Twink, both guests on this podcast in the past who had to travel to deal with some some loss in in the recent weeks and i would you know they already heard from me but not just they they mean that much to me that i want to make sure that um you know my values are articulated in the medium that i express myself so respects and love to them respects and love to all you who are listening do something with you know, if you're working through heartache right now, do something with that and connect with somebody uh, to bring a little joy, or at least, some, at least a moment of uh, a moment of unity to keep people grounded and people in touch uh, with who they are and who they're with and who loves them most. And with that, I'm gonna say peace. Thank you for listening to the Asher Old Head Podcast with Justice Raji. More episodes to come. Peace.